This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at CosmicPotato.com. We interrupt this program to annoy you and make things generally irritating. Welcome to Cosmic Potato. The Super Fan Talk Podcast. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. We've got you covered with everything from Marvel to Star Wars. I'm glad you asked that because I wanted to take this time to explain my evil plan. Classic films, trivia games, and beyond. Come to the coast and get together, have a few laughs. Now, on with the show. Keep the change, you filthy animal. Hey everybody and welcome to Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast, a show that realizes that if you have breakfast for dinner, no one bats an eye, but order a burger for breakfast and everyone loses their minds. My name is Sean <laughs> My name is Sean Ray, and sitting across the virtual table from me is a guy so cool that Shaq played him in a movie, Mr. John Irons. How are you, John? Technically correct. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, from the Quantum Leap podcast, we have Mr. Christopher DeFilippis. How's it going? I'm not as cool as John, but I get by. <laughs> and from Wait You've Never Seen, which can be heard right here on CosmicPotato.com, Virginia Pickle. How are you? Fine. And uh, this week we're going to do a news and reviews episode for this month. Uh, this is the show where we go through some of the news stories that have come up over the past couple weeks. We also... Uh, take time to chat about a movie or a TV show or two that we've had the chance to watch recently. I want to start with a review. How many people that are on the mic tonight have seen Venom? Am I the only one that's seen Venom? (laughs) I was going to say, insert crickets there. Well, I I didn't think Chris had watched Venom. (laughs) I thought thought John probably had. John, John, you haven't watched uh, Venom yet? Oh, I haven't been to the movies in a while, actually. Okay. I okay, so I'm gonna review the movie without spoiling much. I went to see Venom. I did not have high hopes because I think it's weird to do a Venom movie that doesn't have anything to do with Spider-Man. But you know, I'm also of the mind that says get over it, it happened, move on. <laughs> you know, um, the last trailer that came out before the movie came out looked pretty good, so I was like, okay, I'll I'll give it a try. I'll go watch it. I can in no way say that this was a good movie. <laughs> it was it was not it was not good, quote unquote good. However, I had a good time watching it. Um it had a little bit of horror, it had a lot of com- a lot of comedy. It was more comedy than anything. It it actually had some some parts of it seemed like a romantic comedy at times. Even between Eddie and Venom. There were there was almost a romance there uh, at times, but about the middle of the movie, it kind of fell apart for me. And there's a, there's a certain thing that happens that I'm not going to mention because I don't want to spoil it. But uh, there's a line that gets dropped there in the middle of the movie that nothing that led up to that point um, had led to that happening. And because of that, I think that some stuff got edited out of the movie and was on the cutting room floor because um tom tom Tom, uh harding yeah tom harding he says that there's like 
45 minutes of the movie that they cut out, you know, so, so I think mm. it was probably there, but the, 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 the thing is, they changed this movie to PG-13, like, right before it came out, like, a, a month before it came out, they said it's going to be PG-13, I think that they had filmed it to be rated R, if they had kept it at rated R, I think this movie would have been awesome, if they had done, like, Deadpool-level humor and violence, I think this movie would have been really great, but because they dialed it back to PG-13, and the reason they t- they wanted to go PG-13 was because they wanted the option to tie it in with uh, the MCU at a later point, uh, and because of that, I think it suffered. So, I will not. Okay, I don't know what to rate it because I had fun watching it, but it wasn't good. So, I'm not gonna. I can't recommend it. I can't recommend it. I can't say, yeah, you need to see it. Because you don't need to see it. But I will say that if you do see it, you'll probably have a good time. There's some truly laugh-out-loud moments. And uh, I don't think you'll be disappointed watching it. I just don't think it's going to be something that you're like, oh, man, I'm glad I watched that. You know, so. It did make a ton of money. So, (laughs) <laughs> there you go. You know what? I mean, and I guess that's really why they rated it a PG thirteen to get the butts in the seats. Yeah, yeah, and I guess you know the the, the idea is that they want to do all these Spider Man characters, but not Spider Man movies. They want to do a bunch of these because Sony owns the rights to Spider Man on film. So when when uh, when Marvel uses Spider Man, they're actually borrowing the character from Sony. But Sony owns the rights to all the characters that are associated with Spider-Man, so they want to keep making all these movies, but not tie it in with the MCU. So they're, they've got plans for stuff like Morbius, the Living Vampire. They're going to make that movie with Jared Leto, and uh, and some other things. And I guess it was kind of up in the air whether or not this movie was going to be successful, if any of that stuff was going to happen. And since it was, I guess we're going to get some of that stuff. So, so we'll see. Um, well, have, haven't they been threatening that for quite a while over at Sony back when they did the second Spider-Man trilogy? Weren't they saying that they were going to do a Sinister Six movie that didn't even have Spider-Man in it? Yeah, they canceled that because the the that version of Spider-Man kind of kind of tanked after the second movie and 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 everything got canceled after that. But then when they loaned Spider-Man back out to Marvel and Spider-Man Homecoming made so much bank at the box office, then they're like, huh, I guess eh, maybe we can do some of this stuff. I haven't heard of, heard them revive the Sinister Six idea yet, but, you know, I never thought that I would see a Venom movie, much less a Venom movie without Spider-Man being in it. But, you know, other than what we saw in Spider-Man 3, which really did not do service to the character at all, but... Well, did the symbiote have a white spider on its chest like you see? No, no, no. They didn't do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he looks like Venom, but he doesn't have that spider. He has, like, these white vein-like things coming out all over his body and stuff. He's also not the only symbiote in the movie. There's a couple others. Um, I think that... And they're going with the... You know, they changed the storyline in the comics because uh, the original idea was that Venom was from another planet and all these other symbiotes came from the, came from the same planet. And then when they did, like, the Ultimate Spider-Man, they changed it into 
science is creating the suit that cancer patients can wear and it'll help them live longer and stuff like that and it became um sentient and it turned into venom over time and i kind of thought that that's the way that they were going to go in this, with this movie but they went with the classic alien from another planet thing so, so venom is basically the blob yeah well i i, I i'm likened it more to the the thing it was more like the the movie had a lot of things going on that reminded me of the thing. So, so there you go. So Sorry, you mean John Carpenter's the thing? Yeah, or Fantastic Four's thing? John Car- no, <laughs> no, John Carpenter's the thing, the thing, not thing, not okay, thing. Okay, well that's the funny thing. because I that to me sounds like incredibly high praise, Sean. Like I said, I mean I like <laughs> I like the movie. It's just not. I can't say it's a good movie, it's not, but I enjoyed it. So, that, I mean, there's stuff that there's stuff that just irked me about it. I mean, all right, so this is not spoiling anything, but the the one of the main rules is that any sound over 600 decibels can kill Venom. They they said that in Spider-Man Three when they did the whole bell tower thing and all that kind of stuff. What well, doesn't kill him? Right? It just it's like he it repels him. Well, it, it's stated in the movie that it can kill him. Um, if he's if he's exposed to it for too long, um, right. and but in this movie, there's a scene where he's climbing on the side of a rocket ship that is launching. I'm like, you don't think that's over six six hundred decibels? <laughs> so, and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't kill him. So, all right. So, going into some of the news stories, and these are not news stories that have come out in the last couple of days. Some of these have come out over the last. Uh, three or four weeks since the last time that we did a, a news episode. But Iron Fist and Luke Cage have both been cancelled by Netflix. So, I don't know... Alright, so... John, you've watched Iron Fist Season 2, right? Yes. Was it good? It was certainly better than Season 1. Uh, it's not hard to do. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was okay. Uh, the... The very, like the very absolute last scene. Um, I gotta put this. Uh, the last few shots set up something really intriguing and potentially amazing, and the very last shot, the very last shot was uh, was was kind of a WTF. Um. And for me, not necessarily in a good way, but it didn't negate what had come before. Mm-hmm. So all, all that to say, um, in in Iron Fist and Luke Cage, because I've, did you watch uh, season two of Luke Cage? Uh, I've watched about the first six or seven episodes of it. I haven't finished it. You always stop at like six. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess I don't. I I don't binge like I used to. I just I I can't. I can't sit and watch one thing for that long and then after I stop and I go do something else and then I forget to go back to it. <laughs> well, um, both of them ended not, I wouldn't say on a cliffhanger, but definitely on a way to see what we've got coming up next. Um, and so, and you know, obviously the, the kind of prevailing nerd forum theory is that they're combining various shows into you know one heroes for hire show or or the defenders show or something so that 
even if the particular individual shows are canceled, you know, we we still get to follow these characters. I don't know that they're doing that. I hope that they're doing that. But um I don't know. Well, I don't know. Chris and uh, Virginia, do you guys watch any of the Marvel TV shows that are on Netflix? I do not. Okay. Chris? I got through the first two seasons of Daredevil, even though... You got through it? What do you mean you got through it? (laughs) I, I didn't think it was as amazing as everybody said it was. I enjoyed it for the most part, but it became kind of samey samey to me i don't i don't know how else to describe it i really really loved jessica jones i thought that kept my interest pretty much all the way through i think the problem with the marvel netflix shows is they i I think they have too many episodes for me because i don't know the characters as well as i you know died in the wall marvel fan would and i find myself thinking okay how many more do i have to get through to get to the end of the story jessica jones was the one that did that the least to me i thought that there was just too much punisher and stuff in season two of daredevil and i'm not going to say i didn't enjoy them because i did i just found that i was getting a little bit tired of them by the end and that's another thing that's also maybe with binging I find there's a fine line when you binge something between really adoring it and being so into it, and then all of a sudden you just have contempt for it because you're too familiar with it and you've you've just you've overexposed yourself to it. So uh, maybe there's a whole weird thing in my head. I didn't watch Luke Cage even though I wanted to because I really enjoyed him in Jessica Jones, and I had no interest at all in Iron Fist. And then when everybody said how bad season one was, I was just like, yeah, all right. So I had I had zero, zero chance that I was going to watch that. And I didn't watch The Defenders. Did that come out already? Yeah, it came out about a yeah, year ago, so, I think. Yeah. And was that any good? I liked it. Um, and I think, like you were That's saying awesome. about it, about the daredevil and all having too many episodes i think defenders was just about the perfect length i would think eight to ten episodes would be more ideal for a season of these shows 14 is a little bit high for me but i mean it's not it's not like 25 episodes you know like some of the tv series that we get um but i would say if you if you enjoyed anything from the first two seasons of daredevil i would definitely recommend watching season three it just came out last week, and I'm about halfway through that season, and uh, it is excellent. This uh, it, season it is. three, I, is... I binged it all um, over the course. I think I probably started watching on like Saturday night, so I finished um, this morning. Um, and yeah, I think it's like I think it's twelve episodes, give or take, and. Uh, yeah, I, I it it is the best of the Netflix series. Yeah, and this makes it the, this is the best season of it. I, I think. think that if um if they made a Netflix series called Kingpin, I would watch it. I would watch a whole show, mm-hmm. even if it was you know they don't usually make a TV show about the bad guy, but if they made a whole show with Vincent D'Onofrio playing Wilson Fisk, I would watch that show. That would be awesome. Uh, Virginia, I... I would recommend you and Shane watching um, season one of Daredevil 
and mm-hmm. season one of Jessica Jones. I think you guys would like at least those two shows. Okay. Daredevil's kind of, I mean, there's a lot of violence, but not as much violence as like the Punisher, you know, it's, it's, uh, kind of walking a fine line there. there there's some episodes have more violence than others, but it's mostly like fighting violence. It's not, not a lot of like gore and stuff like that. So, uh-huh. I think it's funny when you just mentioned those two characters, those were the, I think the things that made me lose interest somewhat. I wasn't too invested in the Punisher and it was just too much of his character in season two. And I'm going to blaspheme. Is it okay if I blaspheme? Sure. <laughs> I don't think Vincent D'Onofrio was very compelling as, um, what's his character's name? He wasn't fist. That's why I'm saying watch, watch season three. You know, he's, he's really good in season three. All right. I mean, it just, that, that whole understated psychopath thing. Well, didn't... I mean, you might not like it, but <laughs> <laughs> I think he did a, uh, he did a good job in, in season three. Uh, but you know, I've, I've liked that character from the beginning. Vincent D'Onofrio, I don't know whether I can say that he's like a great actor because I've seen him in some stupid stuff. You know, he's one of those actors that, you know, if he's given the right part, he's great. If he's just if he's just there for a paycheck, you know, it shows. So, Wilson Fisk, I think he's great in that role. Better than when he was on uh, Law and Order, anyways. <laughs> um, yeah, I, go I, ahead, I, John. I, I never thought he was a great actor. I thought he was, you know, okay-ish. But you know, every now and then, you know, there's there's this, there's the right actor finds the right role. And it and it's it's it, it sings, and I, and I think this is the case with uh, him and and Kingpin, especially this season. It's going to be uh, interesting to see what happens because if if this is a if this is like a play with uh, net, between Netflix and Disney, because you know Disney is starting their own streaming service, and they said early on that they are going to um, leave the Marvel shows on Netflix. Well, now Netflix has canceled two of them. So if they come along and say, Oh yeah, we're canceling Jessica Jones too. Then we're going to kind of get the idea that they're canceling these because they're ticked off at Disney because they're pulling all of the Marvel movies and the, and the star Wars movies off of their service to put them on the Disney service. See, that is, I've, I've, I've heard that. That seems dumb to me. Well, if Disney, I mean, it just depends on how much creative control Netflix has over the shows. Because if Netflix is just in their contracts as being the service that the stuff comes on, then they can take these shows and put them on the Disney service. But if Netflix has any kind of control over the characters, then we're not going to be able to see them in the same form on another service. They'll have to, something will have to be changed. So, I don't know. It all depends. It's just I'm just I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop. If they come out and say, "Yeah, Jessica Jones is canceled too," I'm, then yeah, yeah, this is a Disney Netflix uh, fighting with each other kind of thing. So, well, I wonder though if they do premiere these on a Disney streaming service, is is it their gambit to be like a like a discovery? Like, well. Here's content that people we know has a built-in audience, right? But it's Disney. What do they need with 
second string Marvel, third string Marvel characters. I mean, they own all of entertainment. So. <laughs> well, they, I mean, they technically uh, they own these shows because they're all Marvel. And they no, own... no, I, I understand that, but I can I could see these shows going away permanently and Disney being just fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't doubt that. I just wonder if because the whole thing is that uh, Disney said, okay, we're starting our own streaming service. All the Marvel, all the Marvel movies that are on Netflix right now, at the beginning of 2019, all that stuff's going to come off. All the Star Wars movies that are on Netflix right now, 2019, all that's coming off. If Netflix is ticked off because they're losing content that they're getting a lot of views over, because you know a lot of people are watching Star Wars movies and Marvel movies on Netflix. If Netflix is ticked off about that and they're saying, well, you know what, you can't have your cake and eat it too, and 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 we're going to cancel all your stuff, then it just it depends on how much control they have over the the actual shows themselves, whether or not Disney can can even think about putting it on their service later. So, I don't know. We'll return after these messages. Hey, you listener. Do I have everybody's attention now? You like professional wrestling? What? If so, you'll love Review-O-Mania, where Rob and Zach break down every WrestleMania. You'll hear about great epic matches by the likes of Hulk Hogan. And what you gonna do when Hulkamania and the largest arms in the world run wild on you? Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh, yeah! Ric Flair. Get stealing! Woo! Wheeling, dealing! Limousine right! Jet flying! Bret Hart. The best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Shawn Michaels. Bret Hart, you are a zero, my hero. John Cena. The champ is here! Brock Lesnar. Suplex City, bitch. And so many more that I don't have time to even name. Check out Review Mania right here on CosmicPotato.com. Or on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spreaker. It's a happening right here on CosmicPotato.com. Arriba! Attention, people of Earth! There's a new podcast on the Cosmic Potato Network. You should check out. It's called Wait, You've Never Seen? I'm Shane. And I'm Virginia, and I have no idea what that was. I am so sorry for the old-timey voice. I can't promise it won't happen again, though. So, Virginia and I will be taking turns watching movies that one of us has never seen. Because I grew up under a rock and have a lot of catching up to do. I am uncultured. So Virginia will be showing me musicals and old-timey movies. Again, we can be heard on the Cosmic Potato podcast network and on our website at waityouneverseen.com see you then yeah. <laughs> greetings everybody it's your old pal brother john aka the trick talking meat and you're listening to the cosmic potato super fan talk podcast uh, another okay, so this that that's the Marvel stuff. We're moving into DC. There's a lot of DC stuff that happened in the last uh, few weeks, but um, the Flash movie is getting pushed back again. Um, a lot of a lot of stuff happened with DC with uh, Ben Affleck reportedly stepping down as Batman. 
nobody really knows what the heck is going on with Henry Cavill, Cable, Cavill, Cobble. Um, because, you know, it came out that, oh, he's stepping down to Superman. And then the next day he puts out some weird Instagram video where he's holding a Superman action figure. And now the Flash is uh, getting moved back, mainly because Ezra Miller is busy doing uh, Fantastic Beast 3. And he won't even be able to start filming until 2019. So the movie won't come out until 2021. And then it just came out today that Wonder Woman 1984 is getting pushed back to 2020. It was supposed to come out next year. And now they're they're moving that. And so I think it kind of depends on how much money Aquaman makes in December. I got a feeling that if it doesn't do what they think it should do, that... DC is just going to reset everything again. <laughs> you know, I heard I heard stirrings about that, and I just can't imagine with the success of Wonder Woman, and just that that they would get rid of Gal Gadot. I mean, I don't know if anybody would miss recasting with the other, but you have one surefire win there. So yeah. I. I I, I find it all very confusing. It's just, it's once again, I, didn't they just get someone new to be like the the overseer for the the entire franchise franchises, kind of like their own Kevin Feig? No, well, I mean, they've got um, James Gunn stepping in to write the next uh, Suicide Squad movie, and he may direct it. They haven't announced that he's going to direct it, but he is writing it. So. That's kind of a big deal because of how big he was in the uh, Marvel Universe writing and directing the first uh, two Guardians of the Galaxy movies. But the thing is, DC does not like to recast characters. They like to just reset stuff. So, I could see if Wonder Woman is being successful, why you wouldn't just recast the other movies and keep them in the same continuity but I can also see DC not wanting to do that and just trying to wipe the slate clean because they've got this whole thing of everything's in alternate universes we can just we can just go to an, another universe and we've got a different Superman and we've got a different Batman and and if that if that is what happens then the the whole Gal Gadot Wonder Woman will will disappear but they're all, they've already started making that movie so I don't think that movie's going to get cancelled I hope it doesn't anyway but it is getting pushed back another year um, they're moving in it's place instead of Wonder Woman 84 we're going to get Terminator 6 in that weekend that it was oh supposed to oh my god to, yeah. <laughs> wow Which, ter- Terminator 6 is going to be kind of like what they're doing with uh, Halloween that's in theaters right now Terminator 6 takes place right after Terminator 2. It's not going to be called Terminator 6. It's going to be called something else, but they haven't announced the title yet. And um, it's going to have Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's going to have Linda Hamilton. And it's going to be like the James Cameron version of what Terminator 3 should have been. And everything that came after that didn't happen. (laughs) So... uh, so there you go. In twenty uh, in twenty nineteen, we're gonna get uh, Terminator Six, untitled Terminator sequel is what they've got it listed as. But do you think there's anybody who gives two craps about that IP anymore? 
I am a guy that likes the Terminator, but if they make a Terminator movie, I'll go watch mm-hmm. it. But I'm not one that says, oh, I wish they'd make another Terminator movie. You know, because in my mind, the best Terminator sequel that came out after Terminator 2 was the Sarah Connor Chronicles on TV. And it got canceled way before it should have because of the writer's strike back in 2007 or 8, I think. And uh, and when the writer's strike was over, it just it never came back. So. And in, in, in my opinion, that was the best thing that's happened to Terminator after Terminator 2. Who's growling? John asleep. John, John doesn't agree about Terminator uh, <laughs> Sarah Connor Chronicles. <laughs> that's correct. You didn't like that? Oh, <laughs> I didn't know you didn't like that show. It It started off good. And then it got not good. Well, that was the yeah the the the, the writer strike happened. Yeah, and they ended it when when it ended. The season finale was not supposed to be the season finale. That was supposed to be the mid season finale. And then yeah. they were supposed to come back in January with a new episode. And the stri- the writer strike happened, and it never came back, and it just got canceled. So if they had been able to finish the story that they were trying to tell, it would have been better. And if they hadn't brought brought, uh, brought uh, Brian Austin Green into it, <laughs> it would have been better. But um, okay, so we talked. To, uh, I, I said a little bit about the the James Gunn taking over um, Suicide Squad. We never really covered the whole James Gunn scandal, and there's a reason for that. I I didn't want to talk about it <laughs> when it happened, and I still don't want to talk about it. So we're not going to talk about the James Gunn scandal. But that being said. <laughs> That being said, uh, if if James Gunn had directed another Guardians movie, I, I I would have seen it, and I will go see a Suicide Squad movie that he does. I just wonder if he's going to really make a sequel to the Suicide Squad that we already saw, or if we're just going to see Amanda Waller put together a new team, you know, and it's just going to be something completely different. Because I think Margot Robbie is playing Harley Quinn in like a Birds of Prey movie. I don't think she's going to be in Suicide Squad 2. I don't know about Will Smith. I don't know about any of the others. So, that's really all we know is that James Gunn's going to write it. So, here you go. Well, I think they would be really stupid to keep the same dynamic as that first film because that first film was god-awful. And if you have a talent like James Gunn, you say, Sean, they like to reset everything at the DCU. God, mm-hmm. this screams to be reset, even though it is the Academy Award-winning Suicide Squad. <laughs> it, it's just... It, it, oh, my God. I, I, I can't even speak because I think of Jared Leto as the Joker, and it's just like, what in the actual fuck? <laughs> so... <laughs> I... I yeah, I mean, you have a talent like James Gunn, regardless of the allegations that uh, got him ousted from Marvel. Wherever you fall on that, the Guardians movies have a good dynamic. They're enjoyable. You'd be a fool to try to keep that grim, dark aesthetic that they had in 
the original Suicide Squad, even though they crammed in all those jokes because, wow, the jokey trailer played good. So now we have to change the entire tone of the movie and do extensive reshoots to make the entire movie like that first trailer. That's anyway what I read. Well, and yeah, I, you also had the people that cut the trailer got hired to edit the entire movie. The people, okay, you know, usually when the the people that the people that cut a trailer are not the people that are editing the movie. They're because they're just cutting a two minute trailer. But then they saw it and they were like, hey, that trailer is exactly the tone that we want for the movie. Why don't you guys cut the whole movie? And these guys are like, we've never cut a movie before. We do trailers. <laughs> you know, we make music videos and stuff like that. Well, do this. So they cut they cut the whole movie. And that's why it was like that. Well, it still was too little too late. Yeah. I mean, that movie, there was really not a lot to save there. And if you're going to have James Gunn come aboard, then blow it up. Just blow it up. Um, so, okay, Virginia, I apologize, a lot of this stuff is comic book stuff, I know you don't, you don't watch a lot of comic, I, I do have, I have a story uh, in, a, in a minute that's not comic book related, but, um, sticking with DC, but moving over to the TV side of things, the CW might be making a Superman TV series. I would not be opposed to this, so... What I'm assuming, which nobody really knows because that's really all they put out there. We might make a Superman TV show. What I'm assuming they would do is the version of Superman that appears on Supergirl, which is played by Tyler Hoechlin. Is that how you pronounce his name? Uh, I'm assuming it would be his show. Like, he would be Superman. Um, But like I said, I don't know that. If that is what they're going to do... I really don't understand because they announced this week that uh, later in this season on Supergirl, after they do the crossover um, in December, that Lex Luthor is going to show up on Supergirl. Why would you put Lex Luthor on Supergirl if you're about to start making a Superman TV show? You know, start save Lex Luthor for Superman. You've already used up a bunch of Superman stuff on Supergirl. <laughs> well, maybe it's maybe it's designed to lead into a Superman series. Yeah. Yeah, I'm assuming they'll, so they, they'll do like a backdoor pilot together, or whatever, you know? yeah. But it's just, I mean... And they haven't said anything about who would play Lex Luthor. Or any, they don't even know yet. They haven't cast the part yet. So, I personally would like to see Tom Welling play Lex Luthor. <laughs> I think that would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... But we'll see. Um, Is anybody still watching... Any of the DC shows regularly? Regularly, I still like The Flash. I know it's been getting a lot of flack. Last season wasn't great. I, I will, last season, I will not say was not good. It wasn't as good as the previous seasons. Uh, this season hasn't been on long enough for me to tell you if it's how good it is or whatever. But I still enjoy the show. That's the only well, one out of that whole bunch that I watch regular though. Right, and the only reason I ask is because, I mean, it's Superman, and I, I sat through ten seasons of Smallville as a fan. I don't know if I have the the strength to, you know, to muster up the interest to watch the Superman that would appear on the CW now, because I loved Supergirl when it first started, but 
it just lost my interest. Um, I really enjoyed the first few seasons of Arrow, but I, I can't sit through it anymore. And the only thing that keeps me going with The Flash is just the strength of the characters and the fact that I like them. It's not so much the storylines per se, because they're ridiculous, but I like Tom Cavanaugh. I like Grant Gustin. I like uh, Candace Patton. I like them all the way that they play off of each other. So that keeps me going, even though I sometimes fast forward through the plot parts of the episode. <laughs> um, I mean, Superman has been a favorite of mine since I was a kid in media, not not comic book, but just watching movies and seeing him on TV. And I and I really loved the guy that they got for Supergirl when he came on. It was like, oh, this is one of the best performances of Superman I've ever seen. So it would make a lot of sense to cast him in his own series, but. I still, if it's going to be with that same goddamn CW sensibility, with well, just yeah, the, it the, will the be. I mean, fake it, drama and the ugh. yeah. If it's part of the C, that's the thing about these shows is that they're on the CW, and the CW is geared towards the twenty-somethings. You know, the that's why I would say the fourteen-somethings. Yeah, <laughs> that's why they shoehorn romance stories into Supergirl and stuff because that's what sells on the thing is romance stories are fine but bad romance stories it's just yeah that's that's one that's the same network that's showing Riverdale you know (laughs) so um what about the do you watch the uh the crossovers when they happen this year is supposed to be a pretty big uh pretty big deal for the crossover I do like the crossovers because you get to see everybody interacting, and I have an affinity for most of the characters in that Flowerverse, as they call it now, but I just can't sit through the individual shows any longer. But it's always nice to look at Melissa Benoist. Is that how you yeah. say her name? Yeah. Yeah. As as Kara, I mean, she's just delightful. So if I get to see her standing next to uh, Stephen and ML and, like, taking the wind out of Ollie's sails, I, I enjoy that. The the crossover this year is going to be called Elseworlds, which if you know anything about DC Comics, you know what Elseworlds are as far as what as far as the comics. I don't think the show is going to do what Elseworlds actually does because um, so the the images that keep coming out are you've got Grant Gustin in all these images is dressed up as Green Arrow, and then you've got Stephen is it Stephen Amell that's his name. He's dressed up as Flash. You've got uh, Tyler Hoechlin is Superman, but he's like wearing all black. And then you've got um, God. What's his? What's the original Flash? The guy that played the Flash in the nineties. What's his name? Because he's on the Flash. Uh, Wesley Ship. Yeah, yeah, John- yeah. John Wesley Ship. He's there as Barry Allen from the nineties TV show. Like he's on the show now, but he plays Jay Garrick from another universe. But he's uh, but in this he is Barry Allen from that TV series. So that's going to be interesting to blend all that stuff together. Elseworlds in the comics are standalone stories. That's kind of like a what if series. Uh, what if Kal El's ship crashed in the jungles of Africa and he was raised by apes? You know, that kind of stuff. So it's Tarzan, but with Superman powers. Mm-hmm. They did that kind of stuff in Elseworlds in the comics. That's not what they're doing here. They're just calling it Elseworlds. It's really just an alternate universe kind of thing. But 
All right, so let's uh, leave that stuff on. Let's 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 talk about something that I know uh, Virginia would probably want to talk about. Let's talk a little bit about Doctor Who. Yes. <laughs> so we uh, we chatted a little bit about it a couple weeks ago after the first episode of the season started, but now we're three episodes in. So, what do you think about the show so far? I'm really liking it. I like Jodie Whittaker a lot as the Doctor. I think she is really, like, embodying the personality. And, like, she'll say some of the typically Doctorish things, which make me laugh. Um, and I I really like the first two episodes. I'm, I'm not so much thrilled with the third one. Um, but that's not going to keep me from watching it. It just wasn't my favorite. I really enjoyed that episode. The Rosa Parks episode? Yes. I enjoyed that episode, and it's weird because I've... Okay, so I grew up in Alabama, so I've heard those stories so many times. I actually got really mad the other night because uh, I was on Facebook. I didn't watch the show when it aired because it came on Sunday night, and I work on Sunday night, so I didn't watch it until last night. I saw some stuff coming across Facebook... Sunday night when the show came on and I didn't really understand what they were saying until I actually watched the show um there's some scenes in the new episode that show Montgomery Alabama from the 50s and in that mm-hmm. episode there was a lot of white people that were talking down to the the black character that's on the show and in and then the the lady that was talking that was playing Rosa Parks and there was a lot of people coming on Facebook saying not all white people were like that and I'm like look don't pretend like Montgomery Alabama was not a terrible place in the 50s because it was <laughs> I mean yeah it was yeah. you can say not all white people were like that but enough of them were yeah there was there was a few diamonds in the rough but enough of them were you cannot pretend like that oppression didn't happen so, I think that the, the, the Doctor Who episode really kind of lightly brushed on it. It didn't dig deep into, you know, racism from the South and all that kind of stuff. Because it's a Doctor Who episode. But it lightly brushed it. The only thing that really got on my nerves watching the show is that the only thing worse than hearing a Southern person do a British accent is listening to a British person do a Southern accent. <laughs> and all the Those actors... Those accents were so bad. Yeah, all the actors were British, and they were all playing Southerners and stuff. And it was... that The accents were pretty bad, so... But... I really I really did like most of it. I just... I'm, I admittedly am very picky about my historical fiction. Yeah, yeah. And, and um, I thought the way that it was like... I, I understand what the doctor was trying to do. Like, I, I'm not, you know, trying to be idealistic about this, but um, the way they portrayed it was that it had to happen at this one time with this one bus driver with this one. But it was it was all planned out. Like, she had already been, like, she had volunteered or the, like, the whole the whole bus, bus boycott had been planned out so that it... It was, it was not it, this random set of events. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, you know, if the bus hadn't been that full that night, well, maybe they would have started it a week later when that circumstances would have happened. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. But again, I understand that it's like this pivotal moment in history and the doctor is there and I totally get all of that. But 
me <laughs> me personally I'm such a stickler on that so that's just my personal feeling on that yeah if you don't if you don't know the the history of the what the show was uh, centered around is uh, the, the the story everybody's heard the story of Rosa Parks and uh, she she gets on the bus and she sits down in the white section bus driver tells her to get up she won't do it and that kind of launched the civil rights movement but um a lot of people don't don't realize that she got on that bus purposely to do that you know it was a protest you know it wasn't just oh i'm tired i'm not going to get up she she was not going to get up you know and the show kind of made it look like it was the doctor who is all Which about was... i'm sorry no Go i was ahead. just going to say doctor who is always about there are set moments in time that can't be changed and if they get changed then it throws off everything you know which i think that's what they were trying to go with but they really didn't explain mm-hmm. it they never said i never heard the words uh fixed moment in time you know i used to hear that all the time during the david Tennant era right and, and during the matt smith era but i never heard her say those words and i think if they had said that it would have explained a little bit more of the plot that this is mm-hmm. a fixed moment it can't change if it does it's gonna mess a lot of stuff up so um, John, what do you what do you think of the show so far? You, because we we were going to talk, we did talk about it a couple of weeks ago, but you were a few minutes late for the show and you missed our conversation. What do you think of Jodie Whittaker so far on the show? I like her. Um, <laughs> I mean, she's fine. <laughs> she's she's not. Um, it's not the most. I mean, it's amazing, and you know the the whole fact that she is a woman now that's great uh but as far as the i mean i don't fine i don't i don't really know this doctor yet i mean i there's always kind of a um getting to know you period <coughs> excuse me after every regeneration mm-hmm. and um yeah there's there's enough elements of the doctor that are evident for me to be like okay well that's Excuse me. That's the same character, but as far as the personality, um, the 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 individual quirks, um, she's okay right now. She's okay. And for the record, if she's just okay for the series for the season, or you know, for her run as the Doctor, that's fine too. I'm I'm liking the. Uh, uh, I'm liking the the stories enough. I'm like I like the companions. Um, I like her. Fine. I like the new Tardis. Um, yeah. I felt like the direction on the second episode was way too many close-ups. That was <laughs> almost unnerving. And I presume, um, no spoilers, but I presume that how they dealt with the villain in this last episode was probably a mistake that's going to bite them in the ass. Oh yeah. He's, he's, he's <laughs> yeah. He'll, he'll be back. If he, yeah. if, he, if he had actually thought about it for, you know, half a second, he would have realized that he's compounding the problem that they currently have infinitely, but he didn't. Uh, <laughs> I'm surprised the doctor didn't say anything about it when he told her what he did. 
Yeah, um, she was preoccupied. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I like it. I like it. I, uh, I am looking for, and I'm looking forward to also um, new creatures, new villains, new aliens to encounter. You know, it became very okay here the very uh, Cyberman mandatory dialect the, like greatest hits uh-huh. <laughs> yeah almost like like a cruise ship just singing the the same songs over and over <laughs> so it's it's nice to get a new um uh, to get some new um that was a Terry Nation thing with the Daleks because uh for some reason back in the 60s when the Daleks were created they allowed Terry Nation Terry Nation is the guy that created the Daleks and they allowed him to keep ownership of the of those monsters. So he got it put into a contract that they had to use the Daleks at least once in every season or they lost the rights to be able to use them at all. Yeah. And that's why we there's a couple of movies from the 60s called uh, that had uh, Peter um, it's the guy from Star Wars that played uh, Tarkin um, Peter Cushing, yeah, had Peter Cushing, and they were called Doctor Who, but he was not the Doctor. He was Doctor Who, and the Daleks were there. And it's weird, you know. It's just because Terry Nation owned those characters. So, so what we've gotten over the over the years is we have to use the Daleks one time a season. If we don't, we're never going to get to use them again. And he'll do something else with them, <laughs> you know. Which Terry Nation, I think, is gone now. He's he he died a while back, but his estate still owns the. The, the rights to those characters and stuff but I feel like Jodie Whittaker I didn't know what to expect you know when she came along but I feel like she really puts off she feels like the doctor I mean it feels like I'm watching the doctor it, do, it doesn't feel like a gimmick you know like a lot of people were afraid was going to happen when they announced that the doctor was going to be a woman but it, it really yeah, feels like that and I love that as far as right now she has three companions instead of just one and it's almost like a team you know kind of like i don't know if you remember sliders from the from the 90s you know it's uh it's kind of that that kind of feel you know you've got a team that are going through time and space doing these things so uh chris have you got to watch it at all I put it on the other night and I fell asleep halfway through. It's not a critique. It's not a critique. Um, it's funny because John was saying there's always that transition period. And when I think back, I mean, I, I loved Christopher Eccleston almost immediately. And I was bummed when he left. But then when David Tennant came on within an episode, I was utterly charmed by him. And then Matt Smith within three scenes completely bowled me over. So I... I, I I get that there's a transition, but I found them very easy with the first three Doctors of this new series. When Capaldi came along, I liked the idea of a crustier, weirder Doctor, but I never really, like, I never found his character as engaging as the idea of his character was to me. So I kind of lost the thread of the series in Series 10 because... I, I just stopped watching it. Um, I, I, after after Clara, Clara left, 
I want to say Clara because it's Matt Smith the way he always said it. But, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, but after after Jenna, um, what's her last name? One of the most beautiful uh-huh. women in the world. Why am I uh, blanking on her last name? But anyway, Jenna Coleman. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, after she left, I I kind of lost the thread of the series, and it it was because I I just couldn't warm up to Capaldi's take on the Doctor, and I think I was also getting tired of the Stephen Moffat sort of writing. So when I saw Jodie Whittaker, I thought she was—I thought she was fine, but it was kind of a weird episode. It, it almost reminded me of the first Matt Smith episode, not Matt Smith, um, the first David Tennant episode, where it—it's a complete change in the paradigm, and it's it, like you said, John, it's getting into like a more of a, a group dynamic again, which was sort of a, a hallmark of the Matt Smith era. You remember they had, uh, they had Jack on, they had, they had Martha Jones on, they had Rose on all at the same time. And it was, it was really neat. So I hold out hope for this, this iteration of the doctor, but she didn't charm me as effortless, as effortlessly as Matt Smith or, or David Tennant did or Christopher Eccleston. That's not a critique on her. Like John said, I think it's an amazing transition that they, they finally are letting this alien, you know, manifest as whatever it would manifest as, whether it be a man, whether it be a woman, whether it be white, whether it be black. I mean, it's ridiculous that he's been a string for 14 lives of middle-aged to old white guys. It's just dumb. So it's nice to see that change, but... I'm reserving judgment until I get to see a few episodes where I'm awake and I can engage with it and not just be tired and write it off because I'm just grumpy. I really hope that they, they, they've, at least my interpretation, if they've kind of hinted at it, but the, the, the TARDIS, how the TARDIS reacts to the new doctor and if the relationship changes between the two of them, since they're both in one way or another female-ish, mm. um, they've they've kind of, they've kind of touched on that. You know, the the TARDIS has redecorated, and um, they're they're very complementary of each other. They still got the same kind of "you're not going where I tell you to go" relationship, but it I. I mean, I'm just curious. I don't know if they're going to do anything with that or not, but I, I would be curious since it's always been this kind of um, like old married couple relationship between the Doctor and the TARDIS. And I wonder if that will continue or if that will change or if you'll see different shades of that uh, if they're if they're both female. Yeah, and what you mentioned a few minutes ago, Chris, about uh, Moffat. Um, you know, I, I liked Capaldi's Doctor but I didn't get as much into his episodes because Moffat's take on the on the stories was losing me. Um, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like Sonic Sunglasses. I thought Sonic Sunglasses were the dumbest thing in the world. And I, I let and, and uh uh um she made a comment in in episode two, I think. She pulled those sunglasses out of her pocket and she said, Oh, I won't need these anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everybody, I'm Troy. And I'm AJ. And we are the hosts of the World War G podcast, along with Colton, but he's not here right now. Yeah, so pay no attention. 
Uh, and we're a podcast about everything geek. We talk about uh, movies, television, video games, comic books. Uh, we got movie commentaries, the occasional taste tests, like these lovely pina colada Oreos. Just don't try the Coke ones. No. Dang. What do we say after that? <laughs> Dang it. Um, so oh, okay. I'm, 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. And you can find us right here at CosmicPotato.com or at WorldWarG.Podbean.com. Or wherever else you get your podcasting fix. And as always, stay geeky, my friends. So what's Captain Game Show? Well, the short answer is it's a podcast. The long answer is it's a lighthearted trivia wordplay thunderdome. I call this game Dark and Gritty Kids. Natural Born Sequel. What's my motivation? Epic bird play. Advertising 10101. Rhymecast. Mr. Dalek. Life coach. I'll come up with games, and my guests come up with answers. <laughs> He's got to put down the ducky if he wants to play the saxophone. Born monogamy. Wolfgang Puck is Darkwing Duck. Big Rimlock is Tupac. My Little Pony friendship is Magic Mike. <laughs> There's also improv, music, and an inordinate amount of rhyming. Good night, John Travolta, with Klingon-like hair. Good night, 3% rating. <laughs> you're tough, but you're fair. You can find Captain Game Show on CosmicPotato.com. We're also on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever else you normally get your podcasts. Round one, round two, final round. What? I don't know where this is going, but I like it. Ooh. Um, but uh, but yeah, uh, speaking of Moffat. Uh, so, so you know Moffat does Sherlock, which is another show that comes on BBC, which is, I think, a great show. Um, but the the one episode I saw of it, it was written exactly like Doctor Who. It was just, it was basically Benedict Cumberbatch as the Doctor. There was a rumor for a long time that they were going to do an episode where Sherlock met the Doctor, but <laughs> but that hasn't come to fruition. But um, but Moffat just got. Uh, and okay, my Stephen Moffat and Mark Gaddis. Mark Gaddis also is a creator on Sherlock, and he plays on Sherlock. He plays um, Sherlock's brother. I can't remember his name. Um, Mycroft. Yeah, that's it, Mycroft. So they are creating a series of Dracula, and it's going to start sometime in the next year or so. But they're going to do the same thing that they do with Sherlock, where you know, Doctor Who, they do 14 one-hour episodes. That, I want to say they do it every, every year, but, you know, there has been times when we've gone a couple of years with no Doctor Who. Uh, but when they do a season, it's usually about 12 to 14 episodes. Well, on, on Sherlock, they do three episodes, but each episode is 90 minutes long. So you're basically getting three movies every season. And that's the same thing they're going to do with Dracula. They're going to do three 90-minute episodes. So... You can expect 
that it'll be like an updated version of Dracula probably. There'll probably be some twists. It won't be the exact same thing that you that you're used to from the from, you know, other movie versions of the book and stuff. The quote that they've got is that there have always been stories about great evil. What's special about Dracula is that Bram Stoker gave evil its own hero. So it's gonna be the hero's tale, but with Dracula. <laughs> I guess. Here's so. the thing: if, if you read Dracula, he's not exactly a hero. <laughs> no, and he's based on Vlad the Impaler, you know. So, <laughs> yeah. one of history's greatest bad guys. <laughs> All right, well, I guess that's a way to go. Uh, <laughs> is there anything that you guys have been watching that you want to uh, recommend or not recommend? Virginia, what have you been watching lately? Um. I just started watching the remake of Charmed on the CW. Did any of y'all ever watch the original Charmed back in the 90s? I did. Yeah, yeah I've seen it before. I eventually got into it like when it was running on uh, TNT. Uh-huh. And I was curious how this new version would be. Is it a remake or I... is it like a sequel? It's... um. They don't they they don't have the same names and everything, but it's a similar idea. Okay. Um, I wondered if it was supposed to be like their daughters or their nieces or something like that. Oh no, nothing like that. Well, that, um, I think in the original that like it's not they're not just I mean they're I guess like the three most powerful, which right. is the but power the three, power yeah. of three is is like there there's there's sets of three all over. So, I, so it could be in the same universe even if it's not necessarily directly related to oh I see the, the other people um but I think it's a I was pleasantly surprised I admit I went I went into it with some trepidation like oh my god how, are they going to screw this up or what's going to happen but um I'm really liking it so far it's only two episodes but um it's like one of the episodes all of the mirrors broke, so they killed some some demon by showing him a cell phone mirror. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty funny. <laughs> so, um, just like interesting stuff like that, where it's kind of cool to see, you know, how it would be different. Okay, yeah, I've seen the. I, I saw a trailer for it at the movies the other day. I didn't even know that it was happening. Um, one of the big things that they've been doing lately is taking the stuff from the '90s and and putting out like even darker versions you know like they've got Riverdale on right now which is a dark take on Archie and uh, next week I think they're supposed to be launching the the dark reimagining of Sabrina the Teenage Witch on Netflix oh. I think uh, well that's that's not really a dark reimagining it's based on a comic book series called Chilling Tales or Chilling Adventures of Sabrina that came out in the wake of the success of Afterlife with Archie and um, if you don't know about that, that posits a zombie apocalypse in Riverdale. And it became wildly popular, which I think is part of the reason there's a Riverdale on the CW now. Mm -hmm. So what they're doing on Netflix is adapting that, that new Sabrina comic. And because of that and because of the success of all these TV crossovers... Um, I think it's Agira and I forget the name. It might be Berlanti. I don't know if it's Berlanti. But the person in charge of the comics has pretty much let the comics go fallow. And I've been waiting for volume two of Afterlife with Archie for like four years now. 
I'm waiting for volume two of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina for over a year and a half now. So and it, it's just is it funny or is it dark? It's it, it's dark because there's you know Satan worship and murder and blood, so it's 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 not you know, it, but it's not like ironic. It's not like hipster horse shit. Right. It's just it's just that. a serious take on like a teenage witch set in the I believe it's in the early sixties. So. It's it's kind of funny that they have Kieran Shipka who played uh, <laughs> was not Maggie. She was on Mad Men as Don Draper's daughter. Oh yeah. So yeah. she's getting another she's getting another uh, like sixties period piece to play in. <laughs> um, what have you been? Have you been watching anything lately, Chris? I just finished the latest season of Venture Brothers, which is a perennial favorite, and it's one of the only things that I still keep up on. I saw the first two seasons of Arrow seasons, the first two episodes of Arrow. I thought they were okay. Um, I enjoy the uh, Nora storyline, and I like the actress who they have to play her. So so it's pretty cool. Um, but like I said, I can fast forward through a lot of the stuff too and still see what's, know what's going on. Um, so I don't know if that's a ringing endorsement, but it's still kind of enjoyable. And the only other show, like, I don't know if I've mentioned this to you guys before, but it's not a genre show. It's on Netflix. It's called Ozark, and it stars Jason Bateman. I've seen a few episodes of that, yeah. Yeah. And it's about a guy who launders money for cartels who winds up in Lake of the Ozarks, Missouri. And I went to school in Missouri, and I remember going through Lake of the Ozarks, so I find the whole premise hilarious. And uh, Jason Bateman, Jason Bateman is always always engaging to me. So yeah, I've been I've been watching that. I haven't gotten through season two yet, but uh, my wife and I watched that together, so we enjoy that. And of course, Big Bang. Yeah, know, I think that's the only <laughs> Last season, the only yeah. network show I still watch. <laughs> All right, John, what yeah. you watching? Um, well, I, we talked about Doctor Who. We talked about Daredevil. Um, the Good Place is back. Which yeah, is fantastic. Um, still remains fantastic. Um, the Walking Dead is back. Oh yeah, I've been watching that too. Um, yeah, I, I, great many people have kind of given up on it. I, it's, I'm still with it. There were a couple of seasons that you know kind of uh, tested it for me. Oh sure. But, I feel like the last two or three have been good, and this season seems good. So I wasn't I wasn't crazy about last season. I I, I feel like that show. I, I watched it in the beginning because I wanted to like it, and I just hated it. And then something clicked between season three and season four, between the farm and the prison. Yeah. And I, I got to really really dig it, and then it had its its highs and lows. But can you believe I actually miss Carl this season? <laughs> Did you ever think you would miss Carl? Carl. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just Carl. It's like, oh, I miss Carl. How did that happen? <laughs> yeah, these uh, the last couple of episodes have been pretty good. They said that the last night, or was it last night? No, it was Sunday night. Uh, was the season low as far as, or not season low, the series low as far as uh, ratings or whatever? Because I guess because they're getting close to Rick's final episode he's only got two episodes left and i don't know what's going to happen to him and stuff but it's this season is really good it feels like it's uh it's almost uh 
going back to how good it was season one, season two. Um, I'm interested to see what's going to happen with uh, with Negan. I kind of feel like Maggie's turning into Negan a little bit. <laughs> she uh, she has some governor tendencies. She's, yeah. she's got to got to get it under control. Yeah, I, I mean it may. You know, it's really just this one issue that she has. Well, Rick leaving it, might might put well, her in that direction, but I don't know. Yeah, I guess, like you said, we don't know. It depends on. I I don't I haven't I don't read the comic. Oh, um, I'm, we're so. way beyond the. I have not read the comic since uh, the fifth year that it was out, and it's been out for years and years since then. So we're yeah. way beyond anything that I know about the comics. And I think they branched but, so far yeah, away I'm from the comics anyway that it it may be beyond what you know anyone on this show knows on this podcast knows, but it, it, I suspect that it is well within you know what people who read the comic know. Yeah. Um, what else? Is uh, the Man in the High Castle is back, which is in three. If if uh, you don't know, it's a uh, um, it's an Amazon. Prime original show based on the Philip K. Dick, I think. Yes. Yeah. Um, story about it's it's an there's an alternate Earth where um, we did not win um, World War Two, and America's basically divided between the um, uh, the, the Germans and the, uh, the Japanese, and about this girl who well the man in the high castle is a reference to this person who is somehow obtaining films um, that show our world uh, this alternate world and it's about this girl who gets kind of caught up in the conspiracy slash rebellion um, slash intrigue of um, of that I gotta say, um, I consider myself, I'm not the smartest guy in the world. <laughs> Freely admit it. Um, but I'm, I would say I'm fairly intelligent. I would say I'm okay. I'm, I'm Usually, if you give me a plot, I can follow the plot. Sometimes predict the plot. <laughs> appreciate um, a well-laid plot. Uh, this show, and it is it is as much praise as it is criticism. This show, I won't even say it's too smart for me, but it's so convoluted <laughs> that it is very hard to follow. Is it convoluted in an engaging yet frustrating way, like Lost, or is it convoluted <laughs> like what WTF? It is convoluted in the sense that everyone has an agenda, and you may think you know what their agendas are, but there are double crosses and triple crosses and quintupled crosses and uh, alliances and allegiances that you may not be aware of, which, but they drop hints at all of these things so I can't, I don't cry foul because they do it well but for me 
it is it can be mentally taxing to watch this show mm-hmm. it is uh, like I, I want to compare it to the Americans um, not it there, there's a lot more I mean that's aside from the whole interdimensionality <laughs> interdimensional parallel universe thing just the way that uh, the the various characters interact um, it's a it's a good show um, but uh, you you can't you can't you can't just have it running in the background <laughs> you gotta watch it yeah you really got to 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 uh, you know uh, clock in and, and, and do your time <laughs> to appreciate this show. <laughs> All right, I want. I'm okay. I already talked about Venom. I already talked about Daredevil. Um, my wife is standing about three feet away from me, staring at me because she wants to watch This Is Us. So I'm kind of torn between. <laughs> I'm kind of torn between. I just want to end the show so I can go and uh, and uh, watch the show with her if I want to talk for another twenty minutes. <laughs> I will say, uh, if you haven't seen the movie uh, First Man, which has been by the time this comes out, it's been out for a few weeks, but that is a really good movie. If you like historical fiction and you like the space program, you'll like that. And what I really liked about it was the lack of special effects, because Neil Armstrong, you know, they showed all of his missions. He had like several missions a uh, couple of couple of space missions before he went to the moon he also has some uh test flight missions and things like that when they showed him in when they showed him in space uh if the shuttle that he was in went out of control they didn't show the exterior of the ship like going out of control through space they showed him look out the window and you would see what's outside the window just spinning around and so it was realistic to the point that you're watching what he saw, what he experienced, mm-hmm. instead of look at what we can do in Hollywood, you know. <laughs> and I, I appreciated that. Yeah, yeah. My wife says it also make you very claustrophobic. <laughs> they got into some tight spaces in some of those uh, in some of those spacecraft back in the day. But um, so yeah, I recommend that. That's really the only other thing that I've watched recently that I that I'd really like to uh recommend. So alright, so if that is it, I will start wrapping up the show. I want to thank everybody for being here. Chris, thanks for being here. Always a great time, Sean. Thanks for having me. Let everybody know where they can find you. I am at quantumleappodcast.com. You can also find the Quantum Leap Podcast wherever you get all of your podcasts. Uh please Give us a listen if you're a fan of Quantum Leap. Uh, me, Allison, and Matt are breaking it down, and we just finished our episode on the third season finale, Shock Theater, which will be out soon. I have to admit, I'm a little behind in my editing because I'm so busy with work, but we have uh, Nuclear Family and Shock Theater coming up very soon. So if those titles mean anything to you and you're a Quantum Leap fan, please come and listen quantumleappodcast.com you can also find me at theflipside.com that's my own personal website is is quantum leap still streaming anywhere you can get it on the nbc app that's oh, where okay. i watch all my episodes these days it was because on i don't netflix. own physical copies yeah no netflix took it off for some reason yeah because virginia mentioned the other day that she had only seen a couple of episodes and i 
started thinking, well, I would recommend watch it, but I don't know anywhere you where you can watch yeah. it. Anyway. It's not on Netflix. Yeah, you it's can, not on Hulu. Net, you can get the NBC app for free, and mm-hmm. you can watch them there for free. Um, there are commercials. It's a pain in the ass. Um, you can also do what I used to do. You can order them from your local public library uh, and just yeah, watch yeah. the discs. And there's, and there's a uh, there's there are there still a few episodes that you can't watch because I know there was an episode where he uh, leaped into where they had that homeless woman that was kind of like uh, it was it's a wonderful life type episode and it was never streaming on Netflix because there was something about the music rights and stuff that uh, where you you couldn't see it. I honestly don't know. I mean, the entire music rights thing with Quantum Leap is like the story of music rights. I think the only show that got more decimated with the music might have been WKRP in Cincinnati. Yeah. And I mean, the, the music was integral to a lot of Quantum Leap. I don't know why It's a Wonderful Leap wasn't streaming. There were a few episodes that just weren't streaming on Netflix for God knows whatever reason. I don't think it was a rights issue per se. Hmm? Sorry. <laughs> the fate, God, time, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Sam hadn't fixed that yet, so we'll, uh, <laughs> soon we'll be living in an alternate timeline where Sam Sam has put right what once went wrong, and you'll be able to see everything in its full glory. <laughs> I do believe, though, that the new Blu-ray release that just came out uh, does have all of the original music intact. So if you want to get the series on Blu-ray, um, you can find links to that at quantumleadpodcast.com. All right. All right, Virginia, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. And everyone can find you at? Um, you can find my Star Trek for Beginners blog at To Casually Go. And you can find the podcast that I co-host with my boyfriend here on cosmicpotato.com called Wait You've Never Seen, where we watch movies that one of us has never seen. Okie dokie. And John, as always. Yeah, man. And people can find you at Captain Game Show. Uh, Yes, you can find me. And often, Sean and or Virginia and or Chris there as well. Um, I I line up my uh, fellow podcasters and, and lead them to the slaughter of my Thunderdome of trivia. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that'll pretty much do it for us for this week. Make sure you come and visit us at CosmicPotato.com. Check out all the other shows that we have to offer. Thank you for listening. And be sure to join us next time on Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast, when you might hear John say, I think it's weird that people call uh, Bruce Wayne and Clark Kent the secret identities since those are like the public identities that everyone knows about the superhero stuff should really be the secret I think (laughs) just saying (laughs) Uh, food for thought (laughs) be sure you like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter you can contact us by email at mail at cosmicpotato.com or send us a voicemail or text message to 205-642-8380. Help the show grow by giving us a five-star rating on iTunes. Thank you for joining us for Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk podcast. All right, um, so...
let's uh, let's talk for a few more minutes and get on my wife's nerves because she's waiting. <laughs> she's sitting here. She's whispering to me. Jack's waiting for me. <laughs> like, well, go be with Jack. <laughs> that was not a whisper. I've never watched that show. Yeah, she says she's never watched it. Tell her try. She doesn't want to cry every week. <laughs> and she I says you would like it. All right, guys. Well, Sean, you're answering for it. Virginia, do you want to cry every week? I mean... <laughs> I know y'all are making fun of me on the other side of that mic. No. But I don't care. No, they're asking. They ask Virginia, do you want to cry every week? She said, I mean... <laughs> Not really. <laughs> All right, guys. You better go watch TV with your wife. Yeah. Uh, would you rather have have there be swarms of spiders living in your house, or be replaced in your friend group by a porpoise masquerading as you? <laughs> How would the porpoise live, though? Hey, I didn't say it was scientifically possible. I just. <laughs> I just really oh, would this would this be like a question? Would this be like a like a like a quantum leap thing? Would everybody see the porpoise as me? The porpoise, is, porpoise? yeah, the porpoise is masquerade. The porpoise puts on a Chris wig, and uh, <laughs> and a Chris uh, t-shirt, and and he puts on a quantum leap t-shirt and a wig, and and it says, "Hey, I'm Chris," and everybody's like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> does I vote porpoise, for that. Does the porpoise's clicks and whistles blow out everybody's eardrums? Yeah. <laughs> if there's I, bleeding ears, I go for that. If I had to choose between uh, between that and spiders in my house, yeah, I'm gonna go for that. Would you rather maintain five different families while keeping them all secret from one another, or get mauled by the Care Bears? Yeah, mauled by the Care Bears, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The five families seems like a lot of work. A I mean, lot of work. And being mauled by Care Bears is, is creepy, but I think I could, with some therapy, get through it. <laughs> um, would you rather only use technology from the eighteenth century, or? <laughs> I'm not gonna read that one. That was stupid. The the, the card. The <laughs> no, card you gotta says, finish it now. The card says, "Okay, would you would you rather only use technology from the 18th century or shove a spider monkey up your ass?" The <laughs> <laughs> uh, logistics. This is what I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the question is, uh, do I have to keep the monkey there, or is it just like a temporary <laughs> thing? <laughs> I think I'm gonna go with gaslight. Yeah, start your steam engines. Uh, all right, John, come on. Are you are you with us or not? All right. Would you rather lock yourself in a porta potty with your least favorite person until your friends, or <laughs> watch watch a drunk Sean Connery get freaky with your mother in front of you? <laughs> I'm gonna pick the porta potty. <laughs> I, I think I'm going spider monkey on this one. <laughs> that wasn't a choice. <laughs> it's still I, preferable to either of those two. I gotta go with Sean Connery because there are terrible people I would not want to be trapped in a porta potty with. I don't want to see anybody get with my mom, much less <laughs> Sean Connery. Uh, 
would you rather have your did mom? Did you see John's message? Did he send me a message? Okay, he's in. All right, let me uh, let me add him to the call. Let's see. Really? Oh, whoa! There he is. Are you there, John? I am. All right, we'll do one more. We we're, were playing a game while we we're waiting for you. Would you rather fly back and forth from Columbia with a pound of cocaine on your chest, or have Bruce Willis as a pet? Are you asking me this? I'm asking everybody that. I'd rather have Bruce Willis as a pet. I think kind of ridiculous question. Bruce Willis <laughs> as a pet sounds awesome. Yeah, pet Bruce sure. Willis all the way. Uh, Just think uh, of Christmas. I'm gonna uh, let me let me think. How can I? Um, Yippee Mr. Falcon. Yeah, I mean, like he's he he'd be an awesome pet. Like that's. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he'd be an awesome pet. He'd be a pet. <laughs> Bruce Willis is uh, a little bit of a prima donna, so I hear. So. All right, all right, we were doing that, and I'll, I'll probably put all that in the uh, like after the credits or whatever of the show. So, how, all right, how, how, how many? How long did you? How long were you guys talking before I got on? Uh, probably about ten minutes, maybe. Okay, well, never mind. <laughs> oh, you're gonna say you want to ask me to fill in my answers, but it, it's fine. 